I'm not used to having something stuck in my ear, so I hope it works okay tonight. Good to be here. Good to see you. Now, this is the first time I've had a chance to speak at the church. I was going to speak a few months back, and the weather conditions changed, and we canceled services when Blaine was gone one night. So I'm glad to get to tonight. Uh, it's a little intimidating to me, uh, I must admit, because... You know, Lane and I joined the church about six months ago, or maybe a little longer. I don't know exactly how long it was now. And, uh, you know, she works in the office here for 14 years. She knows probably everyone here by name. She's talked to you sometime or another. But I don't know very many of you by name. And I'm still learning, and I will. Just give me a little time. Uh, I'm also intimidated because... You know, I'm not a real sophisticated speaker. I'm not real eloquent. I'm very country. And uh, your pastors are very good. I mean, Dwayne and David and, and Brent this morning did an excellent job. Excellent job. Uh, so if you would, please pray for me tonight, and I think we'll get through this service just fine. Uh, Brother Dwayne said I could speak on anything I felt led to speak on. And so tonight, I plan on speaking about a purpose-driven life. A purpose-driven life. Uh, Dwayne, you know, is on a cruise. And he's having a good time, I hope. Just hang on a second. No, I've got to end. Okay, go ahead. I don't know who this is. Hello. Uh, Oh, it's, it's Brother Dwayne. Brother Dwayne, how's it going? How's the cruise? You having a good time? Hey, what did you call? Are you overboard? Are you lost at sea needing directions? Oh, you're not. Well, I hope you're having fun. Are you eating a lot? Oh, I bet you are. You don't sound too good. Are you seasick? Oh, you're not throwing up, are you? You're not that, are you? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, when you go on vacation, I've always heard that it's never Judy that gets sick. It's always you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, hey, Brother Rain, I've heard that on those cruises, they were talking about this morning, Brent wasn't, that they have food there all night long. Is that right? You can go down there, you can get anything you want all night. We know that's just the thing you need because, you know, you know when Sister Judy goes sound asleep, you can sneak out at 2 o'clock in the morning and get some pie. Oh, she's a light sleeper. And, oh, she don't give you the cash code to the door to get back in. Well, let me get this mic fixed a little bit. Well, you know, what? She's a pie Nazi? No pie for you? Oh, well, Brother Dave, I'm sorry about that. But uh, what am I doing? Well, Brother Dave, I'm, I'm up, Dwayne, I'm up here, and I'm getting ready to speak to your Sunday night crowd. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a crowd. It's a crowd. It's, it's probably wall to wall. It's really big. It must, be the, it must be the biggest crowd I've ever spoken to on a Sunday night at Dorsville Baptist Church. Brother Dave, it's, Brother David had a roaring praise service. He had special music. I mean, it's really rocking in here right now. Yeah. 
And, and you know, we know, well, I know, I know. But listen, you know, when the cat's away, the mice will play, and we're going to play. <laughs> what am I going to speak on? Or Brother Dave, Wayne, I'm going to speak on the purpose-driven life. Yeah, the purpose-driven life. Uh, no, 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 no. Now, that's, that's, that's Rick Warren's church book, you know, a purpose-driven church. We're speaking about the purpose-driven life. That's right. Now, Brother Dwayne, why are you calling me at this time? Oh, you've got something you want me to, 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 to speak tonight about, my message, to say my message tonight? You've got something you want me to say? Well, just a minute. Let me get my pen out here. Can I write it down in my, my notes so I won't forget? Okay, now talk really slow because I write really slow, okay? Okay. All right, now go ahead. No, no, I didn't call you a gourd head. I said go ahead. <laughs> All right. All right, give me the message. It must be very important for you to call me at this time. And, you know, here we go. Yes, yes, the crowd is very big. It's very big. Okay. Okay, now, what's the message? Be sure, all right, to say Dorisville Baptist Church has a great... Oh, 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 my pen's broke. It's not writing. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It won't, it won't go. Brother Dave? Dwayne? Brother Dwayne? I keep calling you Brother Dave. I'm sorry, it's Brother Dwayne. Oh, my phone's gone dead. How do you like that? My pen won't write. My phone went dead. And I didn't get all his message. I wonder what it was. It says, be sure to say, Dorisville Baptist Church has a great... Maybe it says P. Maybe that means party. Are we having a great party? No, I don't think so. Well, anyway. You know, my pen won't write. My phone won't work. I had to change cars this week because it started acting up on me. It's broke down. What's wrong with all these things? How do you know that they're broken? How do you know they don't work? Because they don't do what they're supposed to do. They don't perform the purpose they were designed to do. They don't perform the purpose they were created for. Everything is created for a purpose. Everything you have in your home is there for a reason. Everything we do at work, we do at school, we do in our lives. That's important to us is for a purpose. The purpose of a pen is to write. The purpose of a, a phone is to communicate. The purpose of a car is to transport. And everything that we have in our lives that really matters to us is there for a purpose. We, we fill our lives with the things that matter to us because they have purpose in our lives. We are a purpose-driven people. Purpose determines what we do, determines what we see, determines where we go, determines what, uh, how we do things. Purpose determines who we are. Now let's go one step deeper tonight. We don't want to get too deep. 
go one step deeper. Everyone close their eyes a minute. Just for a short time. Don't go to sleep. Uh, and be like the, 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 the song and the movie we had a few weeks ago, you can, I Can Only Imagine. Well, imagine yourself right now up in heaven before creation, before time. Imagine yourself in a large room with a large working table. And on that table, there are blueprints and diagrams and drawings. And around that table is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they're standing there, and they're talking, and they're conversing, and and consulting one another what's on the table. And an archangel walks up behind them, and he looks, and he sees what's going on, and he says, God, what are you going to build? And God says, this is a plan for man. And then the angel asks the next logical question. What are you creating man for? What are you creating man for? You open your eyes now. Don't, don't keep them closed for any long. You will go to sleep. God, why are you creating a, a, a man? You see, that means that angel knows that God does things for a purpose, for a reason. He created us for a purpose. The important thing in, in this illustration is not that God created us. It's not that the angels ask the questions. The important thing is the answer why, to why. Why did God create us? Why are we here? What answer do you think God gave that angel? You think about that for a second in your mind. What does he expect out of his creation? What what is our God-created purpose in life? You know, if we could serve that, it should be what truly drives our lives, what truly makes us go every day. Why are you here? We won't be able to answer that question tonight in the short time that we have. But I hope to give you some insight. I hope you get to think a little bit. I hope I get you to respond a little bit. So why are we here? What is our purpose for being here? We need to know that. We need to know that. Do you realize that anything that does not perform the created purpose in this world is a failure. Anything that does not perform the purpose for which it was brought about for and created for is a failure. A car that doesn't transport is a failure. I'd rather have a beaten up old Yugo that'll get me to the hospital if I need to go than have a Ferrari that won't start when I need it to. A, a, an ink pen that doesn't write is a failure. I'd rather have a 25-cent big pen that writes than a $300 gold Tiffany pen that won't when I'm trying to take a final exam for a degree somewhere. If I need to make a phone call in a life-or-death situation, I'd rather have an old rotary dial landline that works 
than a iPhone 10, 11, 12, whatever they got out there right now that doesn't. No matter how expensive, no matter how trendy the brand, no, no matter how appealing it is to the senses, if it doesn't perform the purpose it was intended to do, then it's a failure. And people, if we don't perform, if we don't fulfill the purpose that God created us for in the beginning, our primary purpose for being here, we too are a failure. As I said before, we are a people that are driven by purpose. We propose a lot of things in our lives, within ourselves, that drive us. We are driven to succeed in life, to achieve the goals we set for our lives. We are driven to have a home and a family and to raise them right. We're driven to be a good husband and wife and to have a happy union. We're driven to succeed financially, to be successful materially. We're driven by many different purposes in our lives. But people, God created us with only one primary purpose. Only one primary purpose. A purpose above all the others in our lives, and we don't even realize it. We don't think about it. And to be successful in this life and all the other purposes that we have going on in our lives... We have to be successful in the purpose he created us for. Not to do so is to be a failure in this life. No matter how successful we are materially in this world, no matter how famous we may become in the world's eyes, no matter how great of accomplishments we may have in our lives, if we don't fulfill the primary purpose for which God created us for, we are a failure. If you read over in Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21, Jesus is talking to them in a parable, the people there, and he says, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he brought with, thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater, bigger barns, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods and laid up for many years. Take thine ease, Eat, drink, and be merry. And God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. You see, he had a lot of purposes in his life. And he achieved a lot of things in his life. He was wealthy. And much material good. They didn't have the purpose that God wanted him to have in the beginning. And he's a failure. We may be very successful in the eyes of the world. But 
But what is most important is how God sees us. How God sees us. I wonder if he sees us as a fool tonight. So you see, discovering the answer to our question, what did God create us for, is the most important thing we can do. It's the most important thing in our lives. Some people say we were created to serve God. In fact, some people say you're, you're saved to serve. After all, wasn't Adam assigned the task of teaming the Garden of Eden, taking care of God's creation by having dominion over everything? You know, people think that. People, having dominion over everything was not an assignment to Adam. It was a blessing and a gift. It was a blessing and a gift. That blessing ended when man sinned and, and, and was... And was was driven from the garden, and he had to live in sweat and in pain and in death. God didn't create us to serve him. He doesn't need us to serve him. He has legions of angels, the Bible says, to take care of everything he needs done. The Bible teaches us we're not saved by works. So it doesn't make sense that God would, would, would save us to work. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't serve God. It doesn't mean we shouldn't serve the Lord. It only means any church that teaches we are served to save and then push everybody into some kind of service in the church has not learned and, have, and does not know what our God-created purpose is in this world. I've been in churches like that. Some of you have been in churches like that. Some of them were Baptist churches. Some of you may be contemplating some kind of service to the Lord. Maybe missionary work, maybe teaching, maybe preaching, maybe visitation, maybe uh, nursing home visiting, maybe doing any kind of service to the Lord in His work, even just praying. But until you fulfill your primary purpose in this life, discover God's primary purpose for you, until you fulfill your primary purpose for which God created you for, you're going to be a failure in your other services. They won't be complete. They won't be complete. You'll not enjoy it. It'll be a, a work and it won't be a service. Now, some people say that God created us to save us, that he created us to save us. I don't think so. It was never God's intention to, to create us so we could sin and become lost and separated from him so that he would have to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to save us. That wasn't his intention when he created us. He didn't create us so one day he could save us. Now listen very closely to this next statement, very important here. God saves us so that we can once again fulfill the primary purpose he created us for in the beginning. He saves us for what he created us for in the beginning. 
God created us for a purpose. Man sinned and became separated from his holy presence by that sin. God loved us so much. The Bible says that in Romans 5, 8, God commended his love toward us even while we were yet sinners. And Jesus died for us. God loves us so much that even though it was our fault, our fault that we were separated from his presence, he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and reconciled our relationship with him. If we will only believe and accept Jesus into our heart as our payment for our sin. So that once again, we can perform the primary purpose he created us for. God must save us for the same purpose he created us for in the beginning. So now, what is the answer to the question we posed? The Why did God create us? What is our primary purpose for being here? What is the most important thing we can do in the eyes of our Creator? In Matthew 22, 34 through 38, Jesus is talking and being questioned by Pharisees and Sadducees. And the Scripture says a Pharisee and an expert in the law decide to test Jesus. And he asks Jesus a question. And he says, Teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? What's the most important commandment? What's the most important thing that God wants us to do? You know, whatever Jesus answers... It must be what our primary purpose is. It must be why he created us. What does Jesus say is the most important thing we can do in our lives? Our primary purpose from which everything in us should evolve. Everything that we have in going on in our lives should evolve from our primary purpose that he assigned us. And Jesus tells him the most important thing you can do is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. No, that's who you are. It's everything you are, your total being. That's the most important thing we can do. That's why God created us to, to love him with our total being. That's our primary purpose. Folks, our reason for being God's creation, for being in his being created in his image, is to love God first and most. And that's what he calls us to do. Everything else in our lives will fall into place if we do that most, do that first. Would everyone just stand, please? David to come. It's it's time for decision. It's time for response. Can you as an individual say tonight, with all truthfulness, God, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Can you say that you're doing that in your life? If you have never asked Christ to become your Lord and Savior, you can't say that. 
You can't. You can't start to fulfill your primary purpose in life, to love God fully, completely, totally, until you put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And let him take care of your sin debt. I want everyone to bow their head and close their eyes and just think a minute, a minute what's been said tonight and examine yourselves, examine your hearts. Christians tonight, can you say, I am doing what God created me for in the beginning? You say, I, I am loving the Lord with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, completely, sincerely. If not, now's the night to start. Now's the time to start. Just to bow your head and to humbly come before him and commit and just pour out your love to him. That's what he wants. He'll be a sweet savor in his nostrils. And he'll bless you for it.